listening to Say It Southern. Aspiring to live not just as moms, but as modern Southern women, we began this project to hear from those who inspire us and recognize those who are achieving their own personal goals. Listen in as we celebrate the South and those who say it Southern. New year, new you, right? If one of your goals is to get your finances in order, then you need a bank that understands you, your goals, and your financial needs. You need to check out Renaissance Bank. Renaissance Bank has locations all throughout the Southeast. To learn more or to find a location near you, you can find them on social media or visit their website at renaissancebank.com. We are so excited to kick off 2021, and we're kicking it off with the most requested topic from our listeners, the Enneagram. So we went straight to the expert, Beth McCord. Beth is the founder of Your Enneagram Coach. She's passionate about working alongside individuals, groups, and businesses to help them rewrite their story, allowing them to see change, to have meaningful relationships, and live a life with deep purpose. With over 17 years of experience, Beth is leading the Enneagram industry. She is a best-selling author. She has a journal collection, a podcast, and courses you can take online. We are thrilled and honored to say it Southern with Beth McCord. Beth, thank you so much for coming on Say It Southern today. We are so excited to have you because the the topic of the Enneagram is something that it seems like everyone wants to know about, wants to know more, curious about it. Yes, everyone is curious about it. And it's for good reason. I mean, it is truly transformative if you use it correctly. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about your background. How did you first get involved with Enneagrams? Because you're a coach now. I am a coach now. Um, Yeah, so back in 2001, so many moons ago, I was a young mom. My husband was in seminary, and we got married at age 20 and had both our kids by age 25. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah. So, even though we loved each other and were best friends, we had a lot of rocky, you know, paths and roads that we went down because one, I'm trying to figure out my own self, let alone this other person, right, to do this thing together. Um, And so around 2001, we were about 26 years old, had both our kids. Uh, Some friends were going through some really hard times and their Christian counselor recommended a book on the Enneagram and they then passed it on to us. Well, my husband being in seminary and very busy with his own studying, glanced at it and thought it was intriguing, but he just didn't have the time to really put uh, effort into it. So then I started looking at it and I just dove like headlong in. And I have a reading disability, which basically I just am a very slow reader. Um, And so for me to read a book, it it just takes a lot of effort. And so if I'm going to do it, it's got to be something that I'm passionate about. And I just totally dove into the Enneagram, Um, but I did it quietly. So I'm a type nine, the peaceful mediator. And I just continued to learn about myself, which for the nines, we have this internal fog about us. And it was so nice to have something kind of wiping the fog off the windshield and seeing some clarity like, oh yeah, that's why I do that. Or it like just put words to what I could never describe before, which really helped one myself, but it also helped me to talk to Jeff to help him to understand me better. Cause that was, you know, that's a frustration if you're trying to work together 
together, but you can't even explain yourself, you know, to help bridge those gaps. So it really started to help our marriage first and foremost. And then as he became um, a pastor, we started using it in our church with different people in our congregation. And we just saw them really transform in their lives and in their relationships and with their families and their careers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So then people wanted us to start teaching. Well, like a good old nine, I pushed my husband in the forefront. Like, mm-hmm. oh, they just want to hear from the pastor. You do it. So I kind of was like the puppet master telling him what to say. Because at this time, this was probably five or six years into my studying. Um, and so he would, you know, because he's a pastor. He'll get up in front of people and talk. Um, and then people started looking to him for like the advice. And I'm like, wait a second. Like I'm the one that knows this stuff, but that's such a nine thing to do to have people overlook us because we overlook ourselves. Um, and so fast forward many years, we finally moved down to Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and, uh, we went through a really, really rough season. And during that rough season, I was, uh, Got, had the privilege of working for Michael Hyatt and company and was the personal assistant to his daughter at first and then Michael. And he does a lot of leadership productivity online courses. And so I really got to see the behind the scenes of what that looked like. And then God gave me what I call as my anger moment. And someone substantially overlooked my skills and my abilities. And I, one day when I saw it happen, like it was on social media, I stood up and walked straight out of the house and my husband could feel the energy in the room. And if you know a nine, that's like, what's happening, you know? And I'm like, just look at Instagram. So I got in the car and I drove off because nines one, we hate tension, we hate discord. And I knew I was about to blow my lid. Like I was so hurt. So I got in the car and I started driving and I'm screaming, at the top of my lungs. I knew if I don't let this thing out, it's going to probably harm me. Um, and so I'm just screaming and just letting it out. And then I remember driving or turning around and driving home. And I just felt like God saying, why are you so angry? And I'm like, are you serious? Like I literally was like, had this sassy voice. <laughs> Do I have to spell this out to you? Do you not see how overlooked I was? And he was just so patient and calm. And he just said again, why are you so angry? And it was then, it was clear as day. I'm angry because I overlook myself and what I permit, I promote. Mm. And I knew that if I didn't see myself for who God created me to be and to push my way forward, to grow and to transform, this pattern would continue. And that was my wake-up call. And it's, that's when I developed your Enneagram Coach. And so ever since then, every day, I literally have to get behind myself and push because nines, we just want to be docile and go along to get along. And, and I just have to see my purpose, my calling it, and that my presence matters, my voice matters. And that's my daily work because the nine always thinks the opposite of themselves. And so that's where the Enneagram can be so transformative. But if it doesn't transform you first and foremost, you can't have it transform others. And so that's when I started training others and being a coach and coaching others and just seeing all these lives transform. And so we have over a thousand coaches that are certified in 20 plus countries. And they're using this in my training to then bless all these other people that I will never meet. And it's just so exciting. That's so amazing, Beth. Thank you. Yeah, it was, it's growth is always hard but it is so rich and it's worth going through those hard paths to get to the other side. 
but then it never stays easy. It's not like once you've gotten there, <laughs> like, like, every, like I said, every day, like when I'm on Instagram, you know, and I'm doing my Insta stories, my first thought is who really cares what I have to say? Like, why am I doing this? And I have to push through like, no, there are people that want to hear from you and I have to push through. Now there are other types that that's not their struggle. They have something else. And so I have to recognize and kind of keep myself focused on what is it that I'm going to struggle with? You know, not Susan or Jane or Bob, but what is God calling me to work on and to grow in, in this moment and to keep kind of almost blinders like a horse, you know, putting those blinders on, staying focused on my path and my growth, and then it will bless others. Whereas if I'm focusing on comparison and trying to be like everybody else, it knocks me off my game. And we just fall apart. So the Enneagram helps me to stay on that path, to keep those blinders on, to say, here's your path. Here's your weaknesses. Here's your struggles, but here's your glory. This is how God created you to be, to really bless others. And so if I can stay focused there, it can not only transform my own life, but then it's going to bleed out to everyone else and bless them. So for a novice Enneagram starter, this whole concept seems a little overwhelming because mm-hmm. it's hard to think, okay, I'm 40 years old. How am I supposed to dive into myself now? Because you've always heard, I'm a sanguine, I'm type A, and yes. that's what I am. Yes. And you're like, no, 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 let's Myers-Briggs, peel it back. You know, we all took the test. So why is the Enneagram the tool? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And I think all of these tools can be very helpful because they're revealing different things. You know, it's not like there's just one tool that fits everything. But where the Enneagram um, can bring a deeper level of transformation is that the Enneagram gets to why you think, feel, and behave in particular ways. That's the biggest thing, the why. What is the core motivations behind everything you do? So think of the Enneagram as being the foundation of a home, a foundation of growth, a foundation of building. You have to understand where you're coming from. Because if you don't understand why uh, Jane uh, activated you and made you upset, if you don't know why, then you can't really peel that back and then start over again or figure out a better way. So the Enneagram, again, is going to show you why you think, feel, and behave in particular ways, whether healthy or unhealthy. And so we want to help people to understand the why so that they can truly transform. So I tell people to think of the Enneagram as an internal GPS. You have your current location. So when you get in your car, let's say you're going to go to the doctor's office, um, you get in the car and the GPS knows your current location. That is your main Enneagram type. And why I say main is that there are nine basic personality types and we use all nine of them to varying degrees, but one reigns supreme. Those are the core motivations that is motivating everything. And so your current location, and then you have a healthiest destination, a place that you're really striving for. And we all are wanting to get there. That's why we buy all the products we have and do all the, you know, self-help things. We're wanting transformation. But it would be so much more powerful if you understood the transformational path for you and your growth. But not only that, for it to also show you how you veer off course. Because we keep veering off course and we keep falling to these same common pitfalls and then we shame ourselves or condemn ourselves like, oh my gosh, I did it again. Am I not growing? Am I an idiot? You know, whatever it is that we say to ourselves. But wouldn't it be great if there's a tool that said, not in a shaming way, but used it as a rumble strip on a highway. 
So that when you start falling asleep at the wheel or you're not paying attention or you're texting, hopefully you're not, or swatting <laughs> at the kids at the back and you're not paying attention, you go off course. Wouldn't it be great to have that thing that alerts you that says, if you keep at this direction, you're going to go in that same pitfall. And why I say same is your personality style is going to continue to go in similar paths and you're going to do the same things. And that's why we get upset with ourselves. But what if you could give yourself grace and compassion, like, here I go again, not in a sense like, oh, who cares? But like, yes, when I'm struggling, I'm going to veer off into this direction. Why not have grace and compassion and empathy and encourage ourselves to get back on that healthiest path, asking for others for help and guidance and support? That changes everything. So that's why the Enneagram is so much more powerful because not only does it show you your healthiest destination, but it also helps you to stay away from those unhealthier paths that we tend to get off and help you to recalculate, you know, get back on track. So I took the Enneagram test that you gave to us, Beth. Um, I was an eight and uh, I recognized and can relate to all the good qualities of an eight, but it was more so the bad, or maybe not bad, maybe more the negative qualities, I should say, that were so dead on, like, you know, how I handle conflict, how I handle with stress, everything. So um, before we kind of get into all that, let me ask for our listeners, what's the best way or the best place to take the test so that everyone can find out their number? Yeah, you know, there's several different ways that one could do it. Um, we have a free Enneagram test at yourenneagramcoach.com. In the upper right-hand corner, there's a free test. And your Enneagram coach comes from a Christian perspective. So I just kind of want to lay that out there so people understand they're not kind of surprised by it. But we do a really good job at our assessment. We've had over 2 million people take our assessment. And we constantly hear people just like you that say it was spot on. Now, it's never going to be 100% accurate. And the reason is all of these assessments especially the best ones, are only going to be 70 to 80% accurate. The reason is the Enneagram is trying to get to why you do what you do. And if you don't know yourself very well, you're going to struggle in answering your questions, and therefore the results may not turn out exactly the way you thought. Then we give you a percentage of all nine types, and it's really a guide to help you to continue to discover your main type. So like for you, you are reading the type eight and you're like, oh, this is so me. That's so great. Now there might be another person that reads it and goes, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of close, but I'm not so sure. And, um, and so what we would suggest for those people is to continue to dive into the Enneagram. And one way they can do that is to look at the core motivations of all nine types. And the way that they can do that is by going to yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash core motivations. And when they do that, they're going to get a free download of all the core motivations. So you're going to see what is your core fear, desire, weakness, and longing. And what you're going to think about, I would take it more from like when someone irritates you. Well, what activated me? What was going on? And look at that sheet from that angle. It's a lot easier to kind of pick out your Enneagram type when you're not doing as well than when you're doing really well. Because the healthier we are, the more we actually take on the healthy attributes of a lot of the types because we're less constrained. 
And so kind of think about when you're not doing as well. And also think about what you've been like your entire life, not just this one season. So maybe look back when you were in your 20s, 30s, and kind of think through what really activated me then and what has been the theme throughout my life. But you're always wanting to look at why do I do it? Not what I do, because here's the thing. For instance, a clean home. And I talk about this all the time. All nine types could want a perfectly clean home, but they're going to do it for different reasons. The one, type one, the moral perfectionist might want a clean house because it is the right thing to do. So the type two is a supportive advisor and they might want a clean home because it feels like a warm hug for those that come in. It's nurturing, it's caring. The type three is a supportive, I'm sorry, The type three is the successful achiever, and they might want a clean home because it's their image. Other people will see them as successful and um, admire them. The type four might want a clean home because they can show off their aesthetics, their design, the beauty, the creativity that they've created around them. The type five is the investigative thinker, and they might want a clean home so that they can get to all their resources, um, books, and knowledge as quickly as possible so that they have the ability and capability to do the next thing. The type six is the loyal guardian, and they might want a clean home because it's loyal, it's faithful, it's being dutiful and responsible, but it's also keeping people safe. The type seven might want a clean home because they don't want their home to keep them from the next fun thing to do. And then the type eight, they might want a clean home because they do not want that home to control them. They're going to control the home. (laughs) And the type nine, which is me, the peaceful mediator, um, we would want a clean home because I frankly just want to chill, relax, and I don't want to be bothered. And when I look at the messy home, all it says is you have work to do. And I just want to chill. So that just gives you an idea that we can do the same thing but it's why. And so when you're looking at someone, you can't really type them because you might be like, oh, well, they have a clean home. They must be the perfectionist. Well, maybe not. Get to know the why and there you will find their type. So should we make everyone around us take a test? Yeah. And so take the test first, look at those core motivations. And if you're stuck, go to yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash mistypes. And there you will see a free PDF download that will compare two types, all the types together. So like for you, Courtney, am I a one or am I a seven? Mm -hmm. It will show you the biggest differences between those two types. So whichever ones you're struggling, that uh, sheet will help kind of clarify. And then there's lots of other ways you can hire a coach to do a typing session. You know, so there's lots of different layers to find your type, but those would be the free ways, like how to get it done free, do it that way. And then if you're still stuck, then I would go to our site and hire a coach. So what would a coach do for us? Just take us on a deep dive of all of this, right? How does that work? Yeah. So with a typing interview, our coaches are going to ask some clarifying questions. One, they're going to probably have you take the assessment. They're going to look at your scores and they're going to start to see patterns. And they're going to ask you questions um, based around the patterns that they're seeing. And then as they start to hear what you're saying, they're going to start to pick up on different things because a type eight is going to speak very differently than a type nine. And so then we can guide the conversation and we're not guiding to tell you your type or guiding you and just and pulling out the truth of why you do what you do. And so I would just uh, 
really allow a coach to guide you because they, they're trained to listen to the why. Because so many people will say, oh, well, but I like a clean home or I get angry or I complain a lot. It's like, great, why? You know, and so we ask a lot of the question of why. And I always tell my clients, don't get frustrated. I keep asking you why. I'm not trying to be picky or annoying. I'm really trying to keep digging down into the layers to find those core motivations that are really shiny. But the person doesn't know. You know, they're not sitting around thinking, oh, I'm doing it because my core fear is, you know, Um, but we know what that is. And we start to hear the patterns. And so we're asking good questions to help guide along the path. So for instance, as a type eight, Sarah, you know, you might say something like, yeah, I get really angry or upset with, um, when someone doesn't do what they say they were going to do. I do. Well, several types could feel that way. A type one could feel that way because they're not doing the right thing. A six could do that because it's not being loyal. For you, it might be, I really feel like I'm being vulnerable and they're, they're betraying me and even a little betrayal. Like they said they were going to do it and they didn't do it. And so now I'm kind of being betrayed and I was vulnerable. I trusted them. Well, that's mm. a totally different answer than a type one saying they didn't do the right thing. So as a coach, we get to listen and then start to guide based off of the different words and the reasons that they ask it. So it just kind of helps to clarify. Now, some people, you know their type, like they're just, they know their type, everyone else knows their type, but not everyone. And the Enneagram is a very complex system. Like I said, we use all nine types to varying degrees. So if you use several um, very closely, you might be confused. And then a coach can help you say, okay, what I'm seeing is that the type eight is your top one, but I can hear that your seven, your wing, the number next to you, uh, you use a lot. So I can see how you could be confused, but the motivations are an eight. The seven is just flavoring that type eight personality. So that's where the coach can be really helpful, just bringing that clarity to the complex system that is already there. So what about working with other people? I mean, I know that we need to work on ourselves first, but like, for example, Courtney and I, we work together, we talk just about every day. And so, I mean, maybe just knowing what she's thinking might be helpful. I And we're very different. We're different too. And our approaches are different and our solutions are different to problems. So <laughs> yes, but I feel like it works very well. It does. It's no, it's great. Yeah. Well, Eights and sevens are powerhouses. Um, They get things done. They know what they want and they go get it. And so in some respects, that's going to be super helpful for the two of you. Now, sevens can think of a billion things that would be fun and we could do this, we could do that. And the eight's like, (laughs) and then the eight's like, reel them in, reel them in. Can we stay on task here? Can we just have bullet points and get things done fast and efficient, you know? And the eights just want to plow a path. And and so then the seven is like, you're plowing over me. You're restricting me. This isn't fun, you know? And so then the tension can happen. And if you understand that, then it's like, oh, okay, wait let me see where the person is coming from a different angle. So for the type eight, you could say, hey, Courtney, you have so many fun ideas. If you need some space to like, just like say it all, let's kind of set up a time or at least tell me, hey, I just want to just vomit up all these fun ideas. Can you just (laughs) listen for like five minutes? Because it's so fun. And that way then, Sarah, you can go, okay, 
she's not saying these things that we have to do them. And I can give her five minutes to just go for it or 10 minutes and be patient and loving and kind to where she's really strong in that area of being creative and fun. But it doesn't mean that we're going to have to do anything. So I can just kind of let down the control issue and kind of just, just enjoy her for who she is. Um, but then at the same time, if Sarah is wanting to just get things done, then Courtney, instead of feeling controlled and like plowed over, what I always say is aids are like snow plows, like those big diesel snow plows in the north where we need them. Like right now, there's going to be a huge storm in the northeast and um, like a foot of snow. If you do not have those big diesel snow plows, no one's going anywhere for a very long time. So we need them, but we need them to see who's around them and say, hey, I've got all of you. Get behind me <laughs> instead of nicking them on the road or plowing over them in front of them. And an aide doesn't necessarily intend to plow over people, but they're so focused on what the task is at hand, they don't necessarily realize how powerful they are. And then everyone else is like, whoa, dude, why did you just plow over me? And they're like, well, why were you in the road? <laughs> like, do you not see a snowplow is coming? I'm driving. Get out of the road. Right. And so if we understand the heart behind the type, we well, can give good. a lot more grace, compassion, and empathy. So Courtney, you could say, hey, you do an awesome job plowing the path for us in our podcast. But right now, it does kind of feel like you're um, restricting my creativity and my freedom. And I understand we can't do all that I have to say, but if you can give me some time to just have fun with it and then we'll dial it in, that would mean a lot to me. And then Sarah can be like, yes, I can totally do that. But if, as long as you'll let me then plow the path and make everything kind of come together, then Courtney can be like, yes, because you do a really good job at that. And so you can see how we call it the dance, how the dance can really flourish together when you understand where each other is coming from and come alongside and support each other's strengths, but also have the compassion for some of the weaknesses. Does this make sense? Yes. And now I want you to like bring my husband in and let's talk to him. <laughs> yeah. Well, we do have uh, Becoming Us online courses. There are 45 of them and there are eight modules. There's 45 because there's 45 couple types. So like you guys could even take one for yourselves, you know, like even though you're not, it's really a relationship, you know, I mean, we kind of focus on marriage, but it's really about relationships. But yeah, so if you're a type eight and a type three marriage or type eight and a type five or whatever it is, we have a course for that. And I mean, it literally feels just like I just did now because I don't even know you guys, right? Like we've never met. Mm -hmm. Did I just describe your dynamics? Dead on. Mm -hmm. Dead on. And that's what the course does. The course dials it in and says, here are the dynamics that are happening at a heart level. Here's how to understand each other. Here's where you're going to derail. And here's where you can grow. And so it really helps relationships, whether your coworkers, your friends, your family, you name it. It's, that's why the Enneagram is so powerful. If we can bring in <clears throat> the perspective of all nine types and try to see through the lens of each person, we can do so much good in this world. And that is what we need today, right? More than any other time in, in our nation or world, we need that today. All right, so now we have our numbers, but can you explain a little bit more? It seems really complex. There's the wings and there's you know all these different directions that your number can take. Can you explain yes. a little bit more about that? 
Absolutely. Yeah. So the Enneagram is a complex system, but at your Enneagram coach, really the gift that I bring is I make it easy to understand. Um, So I take the complex and make it simple. And I don't mean like make it simple, like, oh, this is easy, you know, but it just is, it's cliff notes basically, or spark notes, whichever generation you come from. Right. (laughs) Um, And that's really what we're doing. And we're not, we're making the profound more clear. So with the Enneagram and those that are just listening, they're like, what are we even talking? talking about, but there's a nine, the symbol is very important. It is a nine pointed star. The, and the nine points represent the nine basic Enneagram types. Nine sits at the top. So think of it like a clock, but there's only nine numbers and nine's at the top. And then one is right next to it. Like it would be on a clock and it goes around like that. And so the reason why the, the nine pointed star is important is because it is the guide. It's the map. It's the GPS. So as a type nine that sits at the top, that's me. I'm going to use me as an example. Um, there are two numbers directly next to the type nine. It's eight and one, just like it would be at the top of a clock, right? And those two numbers directly next to my main type are called wings. So for you, Courtney, your wings are six and eight. And Sarah, your wings are seven and nine. So it's the two numbers next to your main type. Wings flavor, they enhance, whether for the positive or the negative, your main type. Now, remember, your main type has core motivations. You have a core fear, which you're always running away from and trying to prevent. You have a core desire, what you're always trying to obtain, like, oh, this will make life perfect. You have a core weakness. This is your Achilles heel, the thorn in your side. And then you have a core longing, the message your heart longs to hear. Those are those core motivations, why you think, feel, and behave. Those don't change. But our wings do influence, they enhance, they um, can be a detriment to us at times. It depends on the levels of health. So when we're healthy, we will use our wings in a healthy way. When we're unhealthy, we're going to use our wings in an unhealthy way too. So it's, <clears throat> it kind of goes side by side. But if you think of wings like salt and pepper, and you're a perfectly cooked filet mignon, mm. love the filet mignon, but wouldn't it be better if it was seasoned really well? And so we want to use the seasoning, the flavors, the attributes, the characteristics of our wings to bring out even a a more fuller sense, a fuller expression of our main type. So for me as a type nine, nine just want to go along to get along. They don't want to ruffle anyone's feathers. But what happens is I can lose myself in the process and just accommodate and just go along to get along. And then I'm not being myself, just like I said at the very beginning. But what if I use my eight in a healthy way? What if I use that snowplow to not only be kind and thoughtful as a nine, but I also say my piece, say what needs to be said, and uh, and I do what needs to happen. That is a very powerful person who can be super kind and gather everyone together, but makes sure things happen on the benefit of others and myself. What if I also use my one wing in a really healthy way? That the ones are very principled and ethical. They like procedures, details. Well, when I'm creating stuff, I can create things on the benefit, on the behalf of others as a nine, but I can do it in a very professional, detailed uh, way that is very um, good. So you can see how they can bring out even an enhanced part of who you are, but it isn't your main type. But I can also use them in an unhealthy way. So as a nine, when I use my eight in an unhealthy way, I can be passive aggressive, 
I can man- manipulate, but from more of a power stance. Um, and because I don't want to create conflict as a nine, but I want what I want. But so a, a not, an eight is never passive aggressive. They're direct and they're straightforward. But as a nine, that would kill us because that would create conflict. So a nine would be passive aggressive using their eight. That makes sense. So I'm trying to get what I want, but I'm doing it in a nine-ish way. And that's not healthy. But if I use my one in an unhealthy way, I can become critical of others and judgmental, but I might do it in a softer tone, or I might do it in a way that doesn't come across so blatant and straightforward. And so you can see that I'm still remaining as my nine, but I'm bringing in some of these aspects of the other types that can um, directly affect my type. And if I'm unaware that I can keep doing these patterns that can hurt my family with, and then not even know it, like, what, what am I supposed to say? You want me just to be straight out with it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but if I don't see what I'm doing, I can negatively affect those around me. But then if I see what's happening, I then don't want to use it as a, a, as a point of shame or condemnation because that only spirals us out of control. What if I had compassion? Oh, I fear conflict, but I want to say what I need and I'm doing it in a passive aggressive way because of my fear. Mm-hmm. What if I had compassion on myself and I gave myself permission to even voice it that way to others and say, here's what I really need to say, but it's hard for me because I'm afraid. That changes relationships. So the wings on either side of us give us clues as to how we're doing, whether healthy or unhealthy. Um, And it helps us to bring out the best in ourselves or also kind of bring out some of the worst too. Now the lines are super important as well. So as a nine, I sit at the top and there's two lines from every number that goes to two other numbers. Mine goes to six and three. And we use both the healthy aspects of those two numbers. And there's a lot of layers that I could not get into here today. But um, when you take my courses, I explain these in a much greater detail. So we have a discovering you course, and that takes people through the basics of the Enneagram in two hours, uh, what the Enneagram is, how to use it, and an overview of all nine types, including the lines and the wings. And that way, the people can kind of find their main type in that course as well. Um, And so my lines show me that as a nine, when I'm under stress, I'll take on some of the average, the unhealthy characteristics of six. So this nine who's like, everything's going to be fine. This is great. Don't worry. That's my normal nineness. But then all of a sudden, I start, let's say with COVID, I'm like, oh, we're going to be fine. And then all of a sudden it gets close to home. And then I start freaking out and my mind races, and I'm irritable, and I'm thinking of worst-case scenarios, and how do I protect my family? And all of a sudden, my mind starts spinning out of control with all the things that could happen, like a six would do. And now I can recognize, oh, I'm taking on some of those attributes. And again, instead of being condemning, I can have compassion for myself and say, yeah, this is a scary situation. And there are things to be mindful of, but I'm getting spun out and it's affecting myself and my relationships. So what if I said to others like, hey, I'm really afraid. Could you help me think through what we need to do to plan and to protect our family so that I'm not just spinning and trying to make everyone happy and doing that together is not a good formula. (laughs) And so if I ask for help and let people know where I'm at, it can change the direction of what's happening. 
Plus, a lot of times people think it's their fault. Like, why is she acting this way towards me? Well, if I owned it and said, oh yeah, here's what's going on. People are much more likely to come and move towards us and say, oh yeah, let me help you. I can see how that would be hard for you. Now, moving to three... I can take on, threes are great at uh, goal setting, planning mission statements, checking things off lists, being efficient, being confident. Well, as a nine, like I told you, I think my presence doesn't matter. I should go along to get along and I just merge with everyone else's plans and desires. Well, I can look at the three and go, what if I take on some of the healthy aspects of three? I don't want to become a three. That's not who I've been designed to be, but I can take on some of those healthy aspects of being confident in who I've been created to be, setting some goals, and actually getting those things done. That means that as a nine, I can be the fullest expression of myself in this very healthy way. And so the Enneagram, like I said, is, an, is a GPS. It's going to show you when you're veering off course and when you're on your healthiest path. And again, when you veer off course, it's not to shame because usually what that means is like you take the wheel and you just like pull hard into the ditch. (laughs) You know, it's like (laughs) we spiral out of control. That is not helpful. What if we hit the rumble strip and said, okay, I want to pull the wheel into the ditch. That's what I normally do, but that's not helpful. So what does it look like to get on my healthiest path again? Who do I need to ask for help? What do I need to do or read? Can I pray? Can I seek uh, guidance, a mentor? What is it that I need to do to help me to get back on that healthiest trajectory? And that is the power of the Enneagram to bring that clarity. Now for us, your Enneagram coach, for us, we would say it's through the gospel. It's through Jesus Christ. And that's how we express the Enneagram through what we do at your Enneagram coach. Now there's a lot of Enneagram teachers that do it differently, but that's the expression that we do it at your Enneagram coach. Gosh, Beth, I love all of this so much. Um, You know, we are all such complex beings. And so this takes kind of your core of what you are, but also allows you to be all these other things and to be your complex self. Yes, exactly. It's beautiful because it's like, oh, I can be me. Like, and like I'm a nine with a very strong eight wing. So I use eight more than one, but I use, I use one a lot too. Some people use my father-in-law's a nine and it's like, does he use his wing? He does, but he doesn't use them very much. I use mine a lot. And so we look very different, but at the core, those core motivations are the same. Um, but for me as a nine with an eight wing, you can imagine it's a little complex inside. You've got one that's like, I just want to be kind and, uh, you know, I want everyone to feel like they have a place and be receptive and non-judgmental. And then the eight part of me is like, I'm going to fight for you. Like, I am going to say what needs to be said, you know? Um, and so there's this complexity in me, but now I understand it. And those are parts of me. It's not the whole. And then my six, when it gets all anxious, that's a part of me. And so that's really how we kind of teach the Enneagram is showing the different parts of us so that we can see them more clearly and befriend them and then help each of these parts to become a healthier version of itself so that we can then move in our relationships, in our own life with more abundance. It's such a gift. It's such a gift to be able to see people that way first. You know, if you can meet them there first before you go, oh yeah, she's a bulldozer or she's tough or she's so abrasive or I can't get her, I can't get past hello. There's nothing there. But if you if you can try to wrap your head around the different types and go, mm-hmm. oh okay, she's just a little more this way or a little more that way, you know. 
And that's why I think too, taking these courses would be so helpful, not only to learn about yourself, but those around you. Oh yeah. Especially the people you're really doing life with. I Mm -hmm. mean, your family dynamic, who's in your, you know, your small group at church, like your boss, your neighbor. I mean, the people that you're, your teacher, your kids, I don't even want to start typing kids. When do you do that? Well, yeah, that's a great question. And we have probably lots of moms on here that are like, I'm desperate to know. And I was that way too, because I started when my kids were one and three. So I literally have raised them around the Enneagram. But here's the thing, you it's all about the why and you really cannot type another person. I know okay. everyone will think they can and people, adults have a hard time even typing themselves. Okay. My uh, son, I was like, is he a one or a two or a six? And I would even ask him questions around age nine or 10. Like you helped that kid. Was it because it's the right thing to do? Was it the loyal thing to do? Was it the helpful thing? And he was looking at me like, yeah. You know, like, I'm like, you're not helping me. Um, But it was when he was mainly in their teenage years. Um, They can start to ask these questions, start to look in. And the reason what you want to be careful is like my daughter, who I thought might be a nine or a two, I thought more nine because she looked a lot like me. She ends up being a two. And right now she looks very different than what I did. But when she was younger, she was because twos want to be the teacher's pet or the parent pet or whatever you want to call it. She was becoming more like me so that I would be happy. And so she looked nine-ish. But now if you see us together, you're like, because nine or twos are very strongly opinionated people because they know what you need. They have this pride. I can help you. And so they can, they will tell you what you need or tell you their opinion to be helpful. Whereas a nine asks for permission. It's a very different personality. Nines do not want to intrude because they don't want conflict. And so now I can go, oh, well, of course you're too. I can see that now. But as a little girl, I, I would have, if, if asked, I would have typed her as a two. So you want to hold a couple numbers loosely for your kids and be curious until they land on their type. And so we can kind of try some parenting techniques around the types we might think they are. And there are some types you could probably eliminate. Like I knew my son was not an eight. I knew he was not a five. I knew he was not a four. Um, but I needed to hold several loosely so that I wasn't parenting him from an incorrect position. Wow, that's so good. Beth, before we let you go, um, tell us again where we can go to take the test. And then also, where do we start? Once we know our number, we get that on your website, then what do we do? Then what? What's our next step? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so your enneagramcoach.com in the upper right hand corner is the free assessment. Start there. And then if you would like to see those core motivations for all nine types, go to yourenneagramcoach.com. And this will be, I'm sure, in your show notes. Uh, yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash core motivations. And there's a free PDF download. And that is super helpful just to even pass to your friends and say, which one do you think you are? You know, um, And then if you're stuck yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash mistypes. And that's the PDF that's going to show you, am I type one or am I a type two? You know, and it's going to compare the two. If you're still stuck, come to our website and get a private coach. And, and you might be like, who would still be stuck? You, I mean, like I said, if you use two numbers really closely, yeah, like you were saying, Courtney, it can be confusing. So if you need to hire someone, they're there. But then I would take our Discovery You course. Um, 
if you are, if you already know your type, go ahead and get our exploring you course for your type because discovering you is already inside it. So you're just already getting uh, two of them in one. Um, but if you don't know your type, start with the discovering you. And if you take the free assessment, you actually get 50% off that course. So that's a great place to start and get that coupon code to get discovering you. And then it's just a two hour, 14 module, uh, course that will break down the, the Enneagram like we kind of did here today in these easy bite-sized lessons. You can break it up. You can watch it all in one fell swoop, get some popcorn, <laughs> you know, enjoy it. Um, but it's really, and it has a 16-page workbook that really lays it out simply and easily for you to guide yourself through the process. So discovering you is a great place to start and then move into the exploring you course for your type. And that's where I break down your personality into five sessions. So I, I break it down to these bite-sized lessons so that you can learn, stretch, and grow without being overwhelmed. And that is where real transformation is going to happen. So that's the kind of path I would take you on. And then, of course, follow us on our podcast, Your Enneagram Coach, or on Instagram, Your Enneagram Coach, for some free stuff as well. It's never too late, right, Beth? We can no, start now. I was 40 when I started Your Enneagram Coach. I mean, okay. yes, you're never too too old. You're never too late. I hear some of the most amazing feedback from people who've been married 38 years. We have a book called Becoming Us, and it's creating a thriving gospel-centered marriage using the Enneagram. Um, and people will... Uh, read that book and they'll say, I've been married 38 years and we now are growing so much deeper and so much Mm, richer now. I love that. So, you know, and those are the things that just really warm my heart that when people are open and receptive to growing, because we're never going to end our growth, right? Until we, you know, go to heaven. Mm -hmm. Um, And so why not keep on that same trajectory? Because it's going to only enhance your relationships and your own personal uh, abundance and joy that you have in life. Thank you so much for sharing all this information with us. We love this. And we know our listeners love this too. (laughs) It's my joy. Thank you so much, guys, for having me. All right. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye. Our partner, Renaissance Bank, believes in supporting women in the communities they serve. That's why they launched a women's initiative called Rise with Renaissance. Their goal is to empower, inspire, and support women in each stage of life. Through programs like The Nest, the Women's Financial Literacy Initiative, and Girl Talk, an outreach initiative to promote leadership and careers in banking and businesses to young women, Rise is powered for women by women. Learn more at risewithrenaissance.com. All right, Sarah. So I feel like this is the podcast that everybody kind of has been waiting on. Like when we would do, um, you know, leave leave the message here and what you want to hear about. They, I mean, so many people say you're Enneagram types. That surprises me. I don't know why. I thought it'd be like, you know, real talk, down and dirty, give me the dirt or the, you know, parenting one-on-one. <laughs> it's like, no. Well, they know we can't parent well. Well, we well, you know that. You've already given them the dirt on Bachelor. I don't really have any anything else. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I will say, I really thought I was a one, but when I took her test, I was a strong seven. And the more I've kind of dived into it is that when I'm healthy, I'm a, I'm a seven. When I'm unhealthy, and I don't mean like when I'm five pounds, I just mean when I'm mentally right. unhealthy, I react as a one. And that's what she was saying was kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, see, I, I want to learn more now because I've taken it before and I was an eight. I did it again this time, eight. I feel like reading it and talking with her, I'm definitely a true eight. 
But there's so many more. I didn't understand or know about these wings and the different, you know, the number across from you and all of that. Like, I've got to get in on this. I liked what she said about the wings, giving you clues to kind of, you know, to like add to your number, for example. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. For example, like I'm a seven, the entertaining optimist. Well, my eight wing is protective challenger. That's like what you are. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is a loyal guardian. And so I like that you can kind of flip-flop on either side of that and become those things too. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Because you're more than just one number. You're complex, right? Hey, don't put me in a box. <laughs> you know, I hate a box. Well, it's just like, I mean, did you like do horoscopes back in the day? Did I? Scorpio. Jim and I here. And I truly... <laughs> I still will read my horoscope. I'm not gonna lie. Oh my gosh. I'm all in. So when you got the teen beat, what was your favorite magazine growing up? Like teen magazine. Oh yeah. What was it? Tiger Beat. Bob or something. Yeah. Maybe I had a Bob. But yes, first thing I did was go to my horoscope. I mean, even remember in style, like I love some in style. Like I waited for that magazine to come in every day, every month. First thing I did, straight to my horoscope. Really? Yes. That was going to tell me what was going to happen all month. Oh, my gosh. So, like, at Chinese restaurants, you're figuring out your number and your spirit animal and all that. Yes. Yes. And so, I believe I'm a true Gemini because my birthday's right in the middle of the zodiac sign, you know? But, Mm -hmm. so, what I'm saying is, I'm a true eight. I feel like I'm an eight. But, you know, depending on where your birthday is, when comparing it to a horoscope, you could be a little more of a Leo or a... A little more of a six. A little more of a six. You just don't know. So yeah. you be flexible with your number or your yeah. zodiac. Yeah. Okay. So what but now people believe that this is so much, I mean, and it is, this is more like personality. This is not like the numbers and the stars and the moons. No, this is like living your, who create who God created you to be. Yes. I think we need to be clear on that. <laughs> yes, for sure. This is not <laughs> getting off my horoscope ramp. <laughs> this is not a horoscope. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's basically like a map, you know, it's like a self-discovery map. Um, and I, I do in reading all the different personality types, I mean, it's pretty dead on, you know, like the more I understand, I can, like, I can look at the types and in my family being like, oh, well, Dan's an eight or Reed is nine. He's the peaceful mediator, you know? Yeah. Well, even when she was talking about us, Courtney, I was sitting there, I was like trying not to laugh and interrupt her, but I was like, oh my gosh, she is so dead on about you and I. And I think right before we even did the interview with her, we were having a conversation about something that we're planning in the future, a getaway. And you were like, I know what we can do. We've got, I've got this idea and that idea. And you were saying all this stuff. And I was seriously in my head thinking like, there's no way. Like numbers were just going in my head. Like this cannot happen. This can't happen. And I think I probably was like, Courtney, you can't, we can't do that. Like totally cut you off. And then, so she starts saying, like, I've got to let you get that creative, you know, those ideas out there. And I need to be a good listener. And I was like, oh, gosh, I just did this. Yes, you burst my bubble is what it is. I have these big ideas. And I'm like, right, Sarah? And you're like, no. That's a hard no. (laughs) Not going to happen. I'm kidding. I mean, it takes both of us, though. That's why, you know, I think that's why it works, which is funny. Just as a little sidebar, we were we were at lunch. Sarah and I were at lunch with some friends, and um, and we were talking about one of the events that we were going to do. And you and I had an opposing viewpoint. Yes. Um, I thought it should be one way, and you thought it should be the other way. And we, neither one of us was going to give it up. <laughs> And it was so funny because afterwards, 
the the girls that we were with, our friends were like, okay, that was really interesting to see the way that y'all handled that. And it was so good because y'all communicated all the way through it. Like you communicated your side, she communicated her side. And finally we came to an agreement and we did compromise both a little bit, but I think we ended up, I don't know. But anyway, um, it was just interesting though how we they were like, gosh, that's good. Y'all do not care about being confrontational with each other. And I was like, it's not that. It's that we really have to get, especially like when you have a business together and you have a, like a, I don't know, this not image that you're trying to portray, but I mean, you have to be united, you know? Right, yeah. And you have and to have so, trust. Like, I trust you. Like, even though I may not agree with it, I'm like, well, yes. I'm just going to trust her with this. Like, she's really passionate. She's really... <laughs> passionate about this. So I'm going to give it to her. And there's some hills that I will die on. There mm-hmm. are some hills that I will die, die on. And then there's other things that I'm like, I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. It's very yeah. important to Sarah. So we'll just give it to her on this. It is very, she's <laughs> going to win this one. Um, so when you do the test, just, I mean, y'all should go do the test. It's a free test. They send you a report back about, about your type and whatever. And it is so interesting to read. One of the things that I was like, oh my gosh, this is so dead on. Like my core desire, right? So they send you your fears. Like what motivates you? Your fear, your desire, your weakness, and your longing. My desire is being happy, fully satisfied, and content. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Well, it's just like I have these boxes I want to check, you know? And it's like, am I happy? Yes. Am I satisfied? Yes. But, you know, but one of the things that I'm fearful of is being deprived or FOMO. They said FOMO is huge for me, and it is. Uh, trapped in emotional pain. <laughs> oh my God, it's so you. It's so you. I know. But when I read mine, I felt like the fears, like the core fears, are really kind of what stuck out. And it was kind of like an eye opening, like, wow, yes, this is me. Um, what is it? One was just being vulnerable, also okay. being perceived as being weak. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is me. And this, these are thoughts of mine because this is what I, where I put up that wall so no one can see me being weak or being vulnerable um, and just trying to protect myself and all that. So I was like, wow, that is, that's me. Yeah, but you know, I don't really see that as a fault. I mean, it's more like no. what she said, and this is what I appreciate, where like a horoscope or some like things that we've learned in the past is like, you're good if you're this way and you're bad if you're that way. And it's like, no, it's not good or bad. It's just like, that's the one thing that I loved about doing it in the beginning of this year is because, you know, instead of going, I want to change who I am or I want to start this over or I want to quit and be more of, you know, X, Y, Z. Like, what if we just all got a better understanding of who we are? And, you know, and you're not faulted for being not letting your walls down. You're just going to work on that because you understand it now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just think it's incredibly insightful. I know. I, I agree. I completely agree. And you're right. That's exactly what we, how we should look at this. It's not about like our faults, but it's about making ourselves better and how we can take this and, and understand ourselves. Yeah. So along the same lines, um, resolutions, you don't make them, do you? No, I think they're so stupid. Yeah. But not, the reason I think they're stupid is because I can't keep them. So, I mean, if you can make a resolution or, you know, have a resolution, keep it, then good for you. But I mean, come on, you're going to diet for the next, you know, whatever, you know, lose a hundred pounds. Like, okay, good luck. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying like, it's not going to happen. It's not. Yeah. No, I'm I, dairy I, for the next two weeks. I'm like, no, I will. I'm going to. I probably could do dairy for two weeks. I mean, 
I like achievable goals, but you know, I'm not, I don't, I'm, I, no, I don't either. I don't make resolutions. Mm-hmm. I do think that there's things that obviously everybody can work on. Mm-hmm. And that's good. Uh, one thing that you do that I like though, is your word, how you come up with a word of the year. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you don't have a word yet or you do? On my birthday. Um, yeah. You know, it's been a little affected by COVID because why not? Everything else is. I- and because I say that because I feel like one thing that I need to work on is focus mm-hmm. <laughs> because I get, like you said, I see the big picture and I see everything that could be done. And so I am the, I mean, master of starting a project and then going, well, if I'm, they, Jason always hates when I start pushing furniture around in the house, you know, he's like, oh, here we go. Here go. I really need a table there and that doesn't exactly fit or ba da 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 because I'm uh, change the hardware. Well, it'd really look better with a better coat of paint. And then here, this is a true story right now in my garage. This is me letting my wall down. This is me being vulnerable. <laughs> there is a rolled up rug that I ordered. I mean, probably in September. I love it. I cannot wait to get it down, but I won't get it down until either I change the chairs in my den or I get a new fabric on them just because I won't be able to handle those two mismatched things being in there. Well, then maybe you need to pull it out. So you'll be like, okay, it's time to do the chairs. Yeah, it will be a better motivator for me. Mm-hmm. But I get caught up in search because you know this about me too. I'm a big fabric nerd and I'm a big, like, I don't want to just, you know, run down and pull the trigger on a $7 a yard fabric because it looks okay with it. I want the right thing. Yeah. And I'm big about like finding the right fabric at the right, but, but all that does is clog up progress. Mm-hmm. And so... For us, for Say It Southern, for our business, I mean, we've got a lot of major things happening in 2021. I've got a, some personal projects I'm working on. You know, so I, I need to focus. So that's long story short. I think focus is going to be one of my big, my big words for 2021. I think that's good. I think I was kind of thinking about today and I was like, you know, if I'm going to, if I had to choose a word, I think it would just be, it's not really a word, but it's going to be me. I'm just going to focus on me this year. Become narcissistic of you. That's amazing. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Go eight. (laughs) Go eight. Go eight. But I feel like last year with COVID, you know, everything's shutting down, all that. It was just, everything was about somebody else. It was about, are my kids sure? What are they going to do without school? What are they going to do without the Easter egg hunt? Without Halloween? Without, what if they don't go back to school? Or, um, and I mean, I was drinking a lot and I've gained all this weight. Not, you know, not a ton of weight, but just a little COVID weight. I'm softer. And it was just like all this stuff. And it was, I felt like it was for everybody else. Yeah. I think this year, I'm not saying I'm going to like diet and lose 15 pounds, but I would like to just start walking and exercising more. I would like to start eating a little bit better. I would like to focus on my myself and get myself right you know yeah and I mean all that is I mean that's the thing about it you don't have to write it down on a whiteboard like you you really love to walk Mm -hmm. I do too you really love to like eat yummy stuff and cook at home you know I'm just yeah it's like just do what you like to do yeah I gotta get back to that yeah and you know, like like you were saying, like eating out and like cooking at home. I was like, I just eat out to like keep the economy going. I'm like, save these businesses. <laughs> just, I'm like, just not cooking. Good. Get, get ramen, kids. Like now, my kids, all they do is eat ramen and like. 
It is important to stimulate the economy. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to get takeout. (laughs) Right. So I think that's what I'm going to do. Focus on me this year. Well, I think that's good. That's Mm -hmm. important. You know what I read the other day too? That I wrote this down because kind of back to like focusing on all me, but I was thinking about kind of like say it Southern and stuff too. And um, it was, the quote said, let the beauty of what you love be what you do. Ooh. And I wrote that down. I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do this year. Let the beauty of what I love be what I do. Dive into that a minute. What do you, what do you mean by that? Where do, how, well, how I'm just going to think about like what, when it comes to like me personally, things that I love, like we were just talking about walking and all that, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I do like to cook at home. I do want to be healthier. So that's what I'm going to do. And thinking about say at Southern, because I'm like, we've got so much, so much happening for us this year. And, and it's just kind of like, how do we wrap our head? Like, where do we go? Which direction do we need to go in? And so I'm just kind of focused on what we do and what we love about what we do. And, yeah, and what we do well. And let that be it. Yeah, and it's true, though. I mean, Say It Southern is something that has grown completely organically. Mm-hmm. We've never paid to be included on this list or in this magazine or somebody share about us. We've never bought a follower, you know, anything like that. And it's been real interesting, too, because you always see over a new year, like, what do you want to see more of? What do you want to see? And I was one of the girls that I follow asked her, she's an influencer, I guess, but she was asking her audience, what do you want to see more of? And what do you want to see less of? And she shared the responses and they were like, I'm tired of seeing filters. Stop filtering yourself. Nobody looks like that, including us at home. So why do you make us feel bad with a filter? And then the next thing was, stop showing me pictures of perfect rooms. I don't have perfect rooms. I know you don't have perfect rooms. So like we are all, and I, I'm, I am proud of us that we don't do that, but much, but we, everybody just wants realness, you know, and authenticity. And so anyway. Mm-hmm. Holidays. I'm glad they've come to an end. I love them, but whew, time to get it back together. They gotta go. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're tired. We, they gotta go. Yes, I'm. I'm ready for everybody to get back into the routines, back to work. Everything starts this week, or so we thought. <laughs> no. So 2021, there's nowhere to go but up, Sarah. When you're on the bottom, <laughs> started from the bottom. Now we hit. Just looking um, up, looking up. There's nowhere to go but up. And Beth McCord was the perfect person to have on the first guest of the year, season three, episode 103. Dang, we've done a lot of talking. I was going to say, wow. And we've got the next. It's going to be a big year for us, Courtney. I'm excited for us. We got big things. We've got the next eight episodes already planned out, recorded. I mean, we're. We're rolling. I'm already overwhelmed. I'm already getting hot. <laughs> okay, I need I need a to-do list. I need my list. <laughs> okay, everybody stay with us and just keep this train rolling for 2021. Happy New Year.